Good evening, everyone. It's uh, Jason Powers. July 4th, right around midnight. Uh, full moon. Thought I'd go out and uh, we'll see what kind of a broadcast I can put together. Uh, happy 4th of July to everyone. Uh, I appreciate your uh, service to listening or downloading uh, the podcast over these uh, well my first one was started my first uh, episodes were done on uh, Sprecher back in uh, 2019 late late November December I thought I'd uh, give it a whirl I did a horrible job sound sucked I didn't know how to set my computer I'd never done any audio stuff and it took me oh I still don't know how uh but yeah it happens no one will ever hire me as an audio engineer which is all right (laughs) not looking to get hired that's for sure I guess so anyways hold on so yeah just uh doing my little walk here I can even hear me walk um so yeah going on almost 250 of these actually uh it's 247 years since we uh tried this great experiment and once again more noise coming so apropos that i'm uh, fairly close i think i'm 246 on broadcast so yeah so 247 years the idea of uh, self-rule and self-reliance and uh, self-reflection which we certainly haven't been doing for a very long time that's uh, for damn sure yeah, reflect on our uh, deeds and misdeeds and I don't mean this to go down the historical trek as as uh, being critical of everything no just knowing recently our experiences in this country are not uh, representative of who I want us to be Um, and by me I just you have to position in a your experience as to what you think this country should be. It's amazing that there are people, and I suspect all people should be proud of their countries. That's been said, but we should also, I mean, we should do our best to uh, make that happen. That's, that's not about, it's not about the cake. It's not about saying, oh, I have pride and then not doing anything to achieve that either personally or uh, uh, in any ways I was thinking this afternoon you know as I was walking along the road uh, walking on the sidewalk that uh, be amazing if we actually had the youth of today you know they, we tell them to get involved but yet they don't you know 
we do need a public works project. Um, we should have had that a long time ago. This should be thought of by our leaders and wholly agreed upon by the by the country. By public works, I mean something that engages the mind and imagination. I mean, we know we have a uh, failing infrastructure, and yet no one's doing anything about it, relatively speaking. <clears throat> I did see a report today about all this money invested in new buildings, and of course, that's swell. I'm I'm down for that. But that being said, are are these uh, manufacturing centers, or they're always pumping the green angle. Uh, whether it be like a you know lithium battery plant or another wind farm or something along those lines, you know what I'm talking about, uh, which is madness. And of course, there's lots of investment and grants that are being handed out for artificial intelligence. Of course, we say, oh, we're behind, we have to catch up. Yeah. But to what end, and and better yet, do you trust any of the people that are involved in this? And the, the key part of that, Matt, uh, well, there's two key parts. So artificial, as in not real, as in not, uh, not actually based upon a connective fiber or tissue to human creativity, uh, just... Uh, a montage of gobbledygook that comes out of a uh, a package that yeah it can learn things about it and I know there's some very uh, much more enlightened proponents of it or even opponents of it there's a guy named Mike Bentz on uh, Twitter I guess he used to work in one of the departments that was involved with this kind of stuff and uh, you know he was uh, He's been doing lots of video uploads about this. And the Biden administration, they want to use it, though. They want to use it to control information amongst us. And uh, I was just reading uh, through a, an old old uh, op-ed. It, it was about one month after uh, Kennedy was assassinated by Harry S. Truman. And uh, he was... Uh, discussing a, a you know talks about how intelligence is gathered through all the various departments and the thing was is that there was too much biases and uh you know different departments saw things different ways and it became a muddling or they would censor themselves themselves or tell them only half the story so he thought the idea of a central intelligence agency which you know was a pre uh came after the oss he thought that was a good idea. He thought if he got a un raw intel and however that was collected, that they wouldn't have nearly the problem of biases. Well, <laughs> little did he know. But he goes on further, though, in this uh, piece. The very end, he mentions the idea of uh, the CIA. He's like, I'm more aware now that the CIA is being involved in cloak and dagger operations. <laughs> Obviously, he was getting uh, getting his reports, or somebody was telling him this, or he was reading about it, or could ascertain or surmise, because obviously he was in retirement. He'd only been out of the office for uh, 11 years at that point. 
So, uh, 1952 is when he, or early 1953, he left. So, he'd only been out of office just that, almost, just right at 11 years. So, <clears throat> anyways. So, he, he continued on. He says, you know, our enemies can use this against us. You know, at that point, it was the Cold War, East versus West. You know, the idea that they could they could point to these things. And he says, I find it find it kind of disconcerting that we're interrupting or uh, doing things in other places around the world that would give us a bad reputation. That's roughly the high point of the paraphrasing. So he wasn't wrong. And it comes to find out he that, that op-ed only ran like one time. And that was it. Uh, it was only read in one paper. They killed the story. This was with the Washington Post. You know, democracy dies in darkness bullshit. So, <laughs> obviously they wanted to dim the light on that thing. That came about, one. that was actually, he wrote it uh, December 21st of uh, 1963. So it was one month almost to the day uh, that uh, <clears throat> that was uh, published so it actually was published on December 22nd. So one month, one month after, you know, not as predest, uh, you know, uh, the guy who hold, held the office, JFK. And there's a lot of interest in why we're still not releasing all the documents. So I was watching an interesting uh, conspiracy tie-in to that whole operation and. A lot of evidence had been gathered and gleaned aside from the Warren Commission and the connections. And yes, you can you can pretty much uh, ascertain that there was certainly a, a multiple, multi-pronged conspiracy and multiple, I mean, we're talking upwards of probably about three dozen uh, people had serious uh, understanding of something that was going on. They may not have been equally aware, of course. Is this compartmentalization? You only need to know what you need to know. The thing is, is people always think that uh, because they think, oh, well, if you if you participated, you would know everything you need to know. Now, that's the thing. They 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 talk to certain people. Those people talk to other certain people. There go there's there's uh, definitely uh, a, a command structure to this thing. Now, who uh, who ultimately made the order? I mean. There's only a few people that would uh, get on that list, and uh, those people have to be close enough either to Intel operations or the executive branch uh, to achieve that goal. And who made the final call to do so? Who made the final, or, or was it just agreed to by a committee and the night before or uh, what have you? And there were several names. I'm not, I'm not going to just throw those names out there, but of course I could, and people would you know say you're just spreading misinformation or disinformation or whatever the cia has always been involved in all kinds of stuff and we know this so they're certainly uh, part and parcel to this plan and there was people that were in this situation that <laughs> were very connected and stayed connected and continued to be connected to the cia long after jfk was shot and assassinated so, you know, on the 4th of July, we have to really look at how these, uh, how these events have altered the course of our, our country's history to the, to the detriment and how, at this particular moment in time, it's all coming to a, 
I think it's coming to a, a very uh, enormous issue. You know, you put in, uh, we have a president that has no faculties, can't speak. Basically, and we know he's corrupt as corrupt as the day is long, as I've thoroughly went into with a, uh, the Biden laptop, and others have too, Marco Polo, um, and looked at the the misdeeds, the crimes, the people he's connected to, what those people are doing. There was an interesting picture today. So uh, Paul Sperry on uh, Twitter posted up the Matthew Graves. So Matthew Graves was uh, tied to the investigation into Hunter's taxes and and uh, gun charge and all that kind of stuff. And he's sitting at a table with Lisa Monaco, who uh, FBI, now she's in the DOJ, she uh, 2016, she was part and parcel to the uh, head, helping the, the narrative along of the Russian disinformation. And Mark, Merrick Garland, who's tied to his, for example, he's uh, goes back to, what, the mid-90s with, uh, I think it was either Ruby Ridge or one of the bigger cases. It might have been also uh, the McVeigh uh, case, um, <clears throat> Oklahoma City. So... You know, you think about the people and where they were at certain points in time and why, why are they where they're at now and where were they at in the past and why do those things matter? They all do. And then you had uh, um, Vanita Gupta, who most people don't know who she is, but I mean, I, 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 I do and I only know it because when I did my investigation into her, she's very key to our border crisis. So she was in the civil rights, she's a civil rights attorney, quote unquote. She's associate uh, attorney general, so she's like the third, I think she's the third highest ranked in the, uh, her and Monica were up there, so is uh, Kristen Clark, but Vanita, so her father, uh, um, uh, it starts with a, starts with our Rajiv, Rajiv, I think it is, I don't know, Rajiv Gupta, so anyway, he works for a company called Avantor, and they produce the raw infra, uh, raw um, chemicals, call it like a precursor or uh, uh, coinciding chemicals that actually help make um, fentanyl and various drug op- opioids. And it just so happens they get shipped out, they get used down in Mexico because it gets mixed in to make you know make the the capacity meth and all the kind of all the various types of drugs. I'm not going to get into it. I don't know enough about the drug, but it just so happens her, her, her father is the chairman, or was the chairman up through 2022 of that company. And that's not insignificant because, you know, he's the chairman of that company. They went through an IPO process, but they're, they're providing a lot of drugs, or providing this chemical that the drug users or the drug dealers down, or the, you know, the whole uh, operation in Mexico uses to make sure that they can make their supply to come across the U.S. border. So here you have a woman, and they know this, the Bloomberg, the Bloomberg did a huge article on this. I'll even put in the, I'll put in the link in the description later on. So you can read through the whole article and you can verify what I'm saying. And I'll put in a link for Avantor and how they were connected to uh, her, uh, her father. So don't think they don't know all this. And What's going on in the last since she's been she was put into office? Uh, that's increased, but that but that's just part. That's just half the story. The other half of the story is is 
in uh, Molly Ball's piece tied to the election campaign, she and uh, Mark Zuckerberg and Jack Dorsey were meeting in November of 2019. It's in the article. You can they even cite Molly Ball even, and Molly Ball happens to be Nancy Pelosi's biographer. So there's a paragraph there. It says uh, they got together in November of 2019. Her along with other uh, nine civil rights leaders doesn't leave what that doesn't tell you who they all are because that would give away the entire game but they did mention zuckerberg dorsey and her all in that same paragraph and they did mention that she had been nominated for the biden administration this was in february of 2021 so quite interesting that and it gets deeper than that so vanita just so happened to uh uh, go to Stanford or was a participant uh, participating at a Stanford uh, elections course. Uh, so it was election course actually for high schoolers, believe it or not. And it was run by Pamela Carlin. So what was Pamela Carlin doing? Well, Pamela Carlin was, she testified at uh, the Ukrainian uh, impeachment along with uh, John Jonathan Turley and a couple other lawyers. Um, she was a, a she was hard after Trump and anti-Trump and very virulently. I think she even went after Barron, for example. Very, very nasty woman. So she did work at the DOJ, by the way, FYI. So she got hired in at the DOJ, and she stayed for a year. She wrote a nasty gram to Arizona during their audit process back in May of 2021, you know, auditing. And a lot of people, uh, I mean, a thorough audit, and a lot of people mocked that and thought that was, you know, unnecessary and unwise and done poorly and yada, yada, yada. Though I did come up with the fact that a little fact, and this is something I, I you know, I referenced myself was that uh, uh, Dr. Dr. Shiva had pointed out that there were 17,000 ballots that were duplicated. When I say duplicated, I mean they were mailed in, they were multiple, they, they either uh, duplicated the name twice from the same place, the same uh, address. In other words, they 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 were <laughs> duplicated two, three, or four times altogether. There were some threes and fours, but it was mainly duplication. Nevertheless, that just shows that one out. It was it worked out to be in about one out of every 123. Uh, was it 120? No, it was one out of 113. If I'm I'm remembering right, it was just it was 0.87 percent. So whatever that works out to, uh, that was the ratio of the ballots of 2.2 million ballots in that district that's not insubstantial that's quite a huge error rate to be frank i mean that's almost one percent of the votes or the one percent of the uh, tallied ballots that they had that happened to uh have that kind of error rate so that gives you an example and that wasn't the only thing but that's that was one key hit that you know just doesn't come out because the regular media doesn't tell you any of that and the report reflected that and they showed the evidence i didn't get all the you know not every one of them obviously but shows an example of how that's done and he put that all together and i'm i'm pretty sure i downloaded it. i'll see if i can put it up on uh on this post later on it, it probably won't be the first night or right after i put this in here why am i going through all this well so you know you're being lied to. You know you're being manipulated. You know the intelligence community hates your guts. 
the FBI, CIA, they're all, they all hated Trump with a passion because actually he, he mocked them and ridiculed them and they don't like that. These people are very personal. They take everything very personally. Uh, they, they, they see it as a, a test of their competence and they think anybody who tests them is just not up to snuff. Certainly not Trump because he wasn't one of them. This is leaving aside, leave aside Trump's policies, leave aside everything else you know about Trump. I don't care about that right now. That is not the point. The point and the thing we're discussing is if you have the agencies doing this kind of stuff, you don't have a country. And that goes beyond the agencies, by the way. But certainly, if they're, you know, they misled, misinformed, ran, did what they want to do, uh, investigated the hell out of him, made him, you know, basically they did the J. Edgar Hoover treatment on him, at least at least from many people's um, recollection of J. Edgar, you know, albeit he let, he let off the people he needed to let, let off because people had dirt on him too, just, just all so we know, he's a transvestite and he had a, had a, a relationship, there's a lot of people in the, let's just say in that particular field of operation that have have even worse skeletons in their closet than uh, than the people that they're going after. In other words, you know, you know what they say: projection. It's a hell of a thing, and it's a hell of a drug. So, a lot of people are most the most hate, or certainly pick on, or go after those that they have the most in common with. Because obviously, looking in the mirror is a pretty hard thing to do for some people after a while. So anyway, like the intel operations with around you know our country right now are despicable and so then that goes back to the intelligence part of the in artificial intelligence you know what are you know how much more power do these people need you don't want to find out really because obviously we know how <laughs> detestable these people are they have no uh they have no principles at all they don't love this country at all None, nothing that we can discern. They'll lie about it, even if they, even if you question them on it. They certainly think that they're above everybody. Uh, the way they run this country, and when I say run this country, they do. They they've set our foreign policy. There's a reason why they. I mean, the CIA and FBI both basically elected Joe Biden. One through a whole bunch of intel operators signing onto a piece of paper and say, yeah, yeah, it's all Russian disinformation. And then the FBI ignoring the Biden laptop for, uh, you know, for the entire time they had it until well after the election. So they were coordinated together, obviously. Uh, they certainly didn't. They both knew about it. <laughs> they talk. These guys talk amongst themselves, blah, blah, blah. It's not very hard to understand that. I mean, they probably have. Uh, and, of course, they were out to get uh, FBI had been out to get Trump from the get go. And. Uh, we didn't hear very much about the CIA, but there were obviously there were foreign actors, intel actors, actually tied to the dossier that were all mostly MI6 and uh, even tied to Australia and London. And, you know, they were using uh, Ukrainian cutouts, uh, a guy who worked counterintelligence for the uh, uh, for uh, I guess he worked counterintelligence for Russia. I'm trying to remember this. Uh, but he, uh, Rintek Akhmeteshin, so that was his name, and he was the one at Trump Tower, the whole, you know, they, they tried to set up Don Jr. through that methodology, 
and our uh, your media people tried to trumpet that and say, "Oh, we got him, we got him now." He was talking to the Roy. He was talking to the Ruskies, you know. See how many rabbit holes they sent. I mean, they sent the whole enchilada after him, just to to keep him busy and occupied. And then after you know got elected, that made it even worse. So we all it's all bullshit and it's all lies. And yet, just like JFK, we know the lone gunman theory is all bullshit and it's all lies. There's no way anybody could actually do the shooting that they purported that he could do. And, you know, even Stanley Kubrick memorialized that as, and believe me, he memorialized it. But I, I have a succinct feeling that Stanley Kubrick was, was doing that to point out how absurd that was because the whole situation with, uh, you know, uh, that movie, Full Metal Jacket, gets to that probably gets to that point at the end where you know it's it's rough, it's harsh, it's a very absurd <laughs> absurd situation what they go through to you know get to that point. So that was pointed out in a boot camp scene. You know the whole he say, God, where do these guys all learn how to do their shooting? You know the Marine Corps and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> the the one character said book suppository <laughs> so anyway but yeah so once you know you're being lied to all the time um, or conveniently told half-truths just to keep you egged on and yeah there's there's people that you know have a there hasn't been a uh, there's nobody that's without without some uh, guilt or sin, and of course they always. Even if you could catch them, even if you can get him get him to in a moment of truth, they always they hide the excuse. We're doing it to protect the country. We're doing it for save the country. You know, we don't know how many evil. Yeah, I know how many evil enemies we have, but you have to be at least above board. The thing is, is that actually more transparency, more daylight helps. It does, because then people know what you're really up to. And also, not going around world policing everywhere in the world, <laughs> like by literally going after 50 different countries that we've had uh, regime change on the brain. This is the reason why we're messed up, why we're in Ukraine. You know, we started that regime change. Once you start something like this, you never get out of this stuff. Just like Vietnam, you know. I know, we, we we're supposed to check communism everywhere it existed. Here's the irony of the thing. We have enough people that we can legitimately call. They always like to label these people fascists. Really, the point is is that, that, that we've had enough people who uh, were using the instrument instruments of intelligence tied to corporations, which, yes, is a congealment of government and corporate power, much like the Nazis did. And we have a lot of historical evidence that shows that we imported in a whole bunch of Nazis. This is what happens. That's that we. That's when we made our mistakes. Going back through the Truman administration, that was a pivotal point. We needed to break free of the, that model, and and behind it all is the bankers. It always is. It's always about money. It's all war is a racket, and we have been sucked into so many wars. And we're bankrupt. We've bankrupt our country and hollowed out our industry. Also, these assholes can make money off of us and bleed us dry and take away our rights and freedom. So, who really won? Who really won the World War II? And when it, and when you look in the after effects, 
we didn't win it. We uh, we lost our soul uh, when we made started making bargains and deals with uh, uh, you know bringing in bad eggs that we should have uh, you know <laughs> uh, uh, eliminated at Nuremberg instead of uh, taking war criminals and putting them uh, you know because they had big brains. Okay, I'll give you six weeks. Just pump their head out. Say hey. You want, you want your work to go on? Write it all down on the book. Here you go. Knock yourself out. We'll sit you down with one of our other scientists and you better just spill it all out. That's how you do it. And then, you know, you lead them on and then say, oh, well, we're sorry. We're going to go ahead and execute you. Just saying, you know. And if they don't want to cooperate, well, then you didn't. I mean, I'm sorry. We, we uh, there was a, there's a point in time when you have to stick by a principle, you know. Uh, and that principle is that punishment comes with, uh, comes with, uh, your, uh, ties to Nazism, just like commies, you know, certain people, their aspects of complicity and or overt actions, you know, killing people, uh, masterminding the machine, the financial part. That's the one thing that really gets you, will really get you pissed off when you think about this is how many people who have funded wars that just walk away. The financiers are actually the biggest problem of this, pretty much. Them and the tech technologists. That's the reason why they love war. They get to try out new gadgets and, and uh, perfect them on people while they're destroying people, killing people, making people's lives miserable. But they're making money off of That's why the war machine is so prevalent. And this has all been known. We know this. And, uh, yeah, we never go after them. The bankers always get away. The bankers got away in 2008. We didn't even have to have a war that time. We'd already done the, done the deed, you know. But you have to undo that. That's, that's where I was getting into the whole self-reflection I know we can go down the social uh, pathways. The social pathways or the social would have maybe not even ever occurred if JFK hadn't been shot in the head and killed. If he had survived and and the the conspirators had been uh, uh, hung for treason, um, if they would have been taken care of, let's just say he survived. We don't go into Vietnam. I don't think, uh, even though RFK may have said that he wasn't changing his position on Vietnam, I think he was. He made the directive uh, stipulating he was trying to get out of Vietnam, trying to take, and people say, well, he was just taking the coward's way out, blah, blah, blah. You know, it's easy for us to say in hindsight, and it's easy for us to say without holding the mantle of the position. We didn't need that war any more than we needed to be in a direct conversation with Russia then. Uh, granted, I am, a, I am a commie hater. I can't stand commies. I can't stand this whole socialism, this lackadaisical, the people that believe in this garbage. This is what we're dealing with now. The, actually, the congealment of fascism and communism together as a, you know, these, these uh, banker forces are trying to egg on a worldwide war. But it's a fifth generation war where they're doing it subtly. They're, t they're trying to take away energy. They're trying to take water. They're trying to take it land. They're trying to destruct people's ability to make make it for themselves. So they've turned 
instead of uh, army versus army, now they're trying to turn citizenries versus citizenries, and they're using uh, populations as battering rams. That's the reason why, you know, they disrupted the Middle East. I mean, this is a long-term, uh, if you really go back, if you really want to go back, you think about Agenda, uh, Agenda 21 and Agenda 2030. So they set this in the early 1990s. The UN, God, I hate those people. Just get rid of the get rid of the whole apparatus there. Worst organization ever. They're always on tender hooks, and and this is this is our fault too. We put ourselves in this situation. If we would have just stopped the violence, the warring, you can certainly gain back your moral authority. But we had people like Bush, and goddamn, I hate the Bushes. I hate those bastards and all their other neocon uh, ilk. You can send them all straight to hell. They're nothing but con artists. And that, I agree with that 1,000%. And I'm related to the Bushes distantly, of course, but whatever. Seventh or eighth cousin, you know, whatever the case may be. Don't give a shit. Uh, <laughs> stand them up against the wall and let's have some fun. So... The whole point is, is if we would have done that, if we'd have changed our course, then we could have, we would have avoided a lot of this absolute chaos, just you know that we're facing now. But they had that they had that intent. They were working on that. I think that was the because you had uh, what's his face, the brains behind the operation was it Horowitz? I can't remember his name. He's the mastermind. You know, wrote up one of those. You know foreign policy briefs about how it was going to be done. He was one of the big muckety-muck thinkers in the Bush administration, along with all the other PNAC people, the project for the new American century, ass clowns that put this all together, the Victoria Newlands, the Kagan, the John Bolton, um, what's-his-face, Bill Crystal, all these a-holes that you could just... They will never never <laughs> they do not escape in my in my world they 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 are garbage they are the uh, and guess what the thing is is the entire washington apparatus revolves on the uh, foreign policy side around this neocon thinking that they they keep on pulling us into these uh costly well endeavors for the people for them they're profitable but and then aside from that, then you look at the, the domestic. The domestic strife almost just gets engaged by that because it gives all these domestic idiots, these leftists, all the excuses to say, look at how terrible we are, blah, blah, blah. No. People are terrible. There are certain people in Washington, D.C. that have been screwing you this whole time. And you keep on electing them into office. We all do. This is a, this becomes a, this, this is where it really goes with this. We all are complicit in some way, shape, or form to this. And of course, they're going to use that against us. That's the reason why you have to stop being complicit to this. At least be educated and knowledgeable enough. And as soon as people reveal who they are, don't go with them anymore. And granted, people, this is where we can tread down the other road of what the 2024 election is. And the thing is, is there's, a, there's another part of this. The president is not all-powerful. You know? Oh, yeah, yeah. He can... Uh, technically, he can launch a nuclear strike. We think. We don't really know that, though, do we? 
Now, I'm not saying I'm not saying that because I want that. I'm just saying, does he actually have that authority? Would they allow him to have that authority, no matter who it is, even if it's somebody they they like? They they know that the the, the thing is with this all this stuff is they have to keep this perpetual motion, this perpetual machine of of uh, chaos going, so that they can. Uh, it's uh, basically the debt machine. It's the same way they got to keep on dancing. It's like the uh, you know. Uh, musical chairs they can't let the they can't let the music slow down so th- that's why they're turning into turning on the transhumanism and the and the biological uh, tied to us they're trying to basically monetize who you are and that they've probably been doing that for a long time by the way the way they look at us as just property on a ba- uh, look at us as people on a balance sheet I mean I can do that too I mean it's not that hard I mean I'm not trying to be uh, be like them. I'm just saying they look at everything resources. And uh, this came out of um, a lady who departed a couple years ago. She had been on this because she understood the UN, the master plan about uh, categorizing and uh, like asset evaluation of everything on the planet. So you got a big river. What's that river worth? Got a, you know, a gold mine. What's that worth? How much oil is in the ground? How much all your... Then you get above ground. And then you start thinking about, well, well, people eat food. How much is a person worth? What's their value mentally, physically? And what can you sell their body parts for? You know, (laughs) companies do this too with uh, accident claims. They go, well, you know, if we have to pay an accident claim, what's what's a human body worth? Or what's a what? What is their life? What is each year of their life worth? What's the uh, depreciation schedule on them? And you know, etc. It's very crass. It's cold. It's numerical. But that's what these people think like. That's a, and they 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 want to turn all of us into a thirty year uh, well a lifetime of debt obligation from the time you're born. You know, you're you're supposed to be you know an asset that they can. That they can utilize, but they they want to they want you to pay debt. They want to pay interest. That's what they collateralize is us. <laughs> we are a collateralized debt obligation to the planet that they which they own, which is serviced by however many thousands of bankers. And there's probably about I'd say there's about 500 bankers that probably know all about this plan. They probably pass around the same spreadsheet for fuck's sake. And now they want to add in AI or whatever else. So the idea of being free, what is that to you? Or having the liberty to do what the hell you want. And within reason, of course, liberty of liberty of life as long as you're not interfering with someone else's uh, accord. Of course, by butterfly effect, you can say, no matter if I take a step in one direction, I'm impacting somebody for whatever reason, if you want to make that uh, absurd argument. But just saying, you know. Me standing out here right now talking to you has an impact once I upload this thing to you. Um, potentially, you know, how you think, how you listen, whatever, whatever the case may be. That's that's overrating myself and <laughs> and, and and not acknowledging the fact that you don't even have to pay any attention to what I just said to you. But the point is, is the this the whole impact of of liberty on other people. You know, it's it's something that uh, it shouldn't take lightly. We've come so far, but you know, 
we know we the thing is is we unlock the power of of the atom and yeah we don't have enough nuclear power to power, power and as some people say oh you're just nuclear power has so much waste we can't handle radio well we already got it and it, it actually doesn't create as much more than it ever did I'm sure you can hear that oh, it's pretty loud if you can't so the idea here is you got you, you we could I'm, I'm not saying nuclear is the end all be all but it's certainly one of the more what we we could have solved our problems 50 years ago or certainly 30 years ago we could have had an energy efficient good infrastructure and here's the key having a good infrastructure makes so commerce flows better the only reason why we are always told is oh there's a poor a poor return on investment and I'm always thinking, yeah, well, what, what's the return on investment of uh, uh, throwing 15 fucking trillion dollars overseas for war? That's approximately what all the, the, the our national defense has racked up and who knows how much money has been uh, <laughs> misappropriated and uh, along that way. You know what I'm saying? And what do we got for, what do we really have to show for all that? We've been handing arms to people and not getting payment for it, I'm sure. We don't have uh, for all the wars. You notice we have we didn't we we spent our 20 years in Afghanistan and and, and from what I've read and and some uh, geological, so they were sitting on like 2.1 trillion dollars worth of uh, of assets under the ground. Did we ever get any of that? No. Why didn't we get that? If you're going to go to war, <laughs> go to war. You know what I'm saying? You're supposed to, but no, they don't want that. That's not what these people think about. They want the war, but they want they they want it so that they can just slowly drain everybody dry around this this entire planet. We're gonna have to have a final reckoning here at some point. That's where my mind is always uh, to solve this whole conundrum. So I certainly do want everybody to be free. Certainly, everybody to be free that that is deserving of that freedom and liberty. Um, I'm not saying that because you hit somebody or you piss somebody off or call someone a, a mf -er, that you should lose your freedom. Now, we, we certainly used to have a, an accord, and I'm not, you know, suggesting to go back to honor killings and all that kind of crap, but uh, there are people that are certainly oh, just so, so, so much deservant of uh, all the the justice that they can uh, possibly swallow and as quickly as they can swallow it because they've done so much damage to this to this country in many places around the world which is just absolutely saddening if you think about it there's a, a film coming a film that came out and it's actually playing um the uh, I don't uh, don't bother me on the name. It's uh, uh, the road to freedom or the the price of freedom. Um, sorry, um, or the march. <laughs> I'm sorry about missing, uh, but it's it's about freedom and it's about uh, child trafficking and uh, Jim Caviezel's in it. And and I would go see it, but unfortunately, it's in uh, Crawfordsville, Indiana, and unfortunately, I'm not. Uh, with a vehicle to go see it. Otherwise, I, I did check a couple of days ago to see if it was playing locally, but uh, it isn't.
but I'll check back and maybe maybe it'll pop into theater. So even if I don't see it on the first night, I'll I'll uh, see you later. Uh, evidently, it's uh, gotten excellent reviews. Um, there's been a pretty substantial uh, uh, push to make sure people are aware of it. So um, I think it's worth the try, uh, worth the trouble to see it. And um, I'm sure somebody can correct me on the title if I missed up messed up there. Um, I got so much things going through my head half the time. I don't, I don't remember things I'm supposed to remember right now anymore. I think I'm running into max capacity. I can't even process. I, I unfortunately, I'm not going to finish my, uh, uh, two volume book anytime soon. I'm thinking it's going to be a, a good, a good minute before I get those out just because I not only research, I'm doing further research and I'm also I'm basically rewriting the whole thing, which, you know, just saying eight or eight, once you get past eight or nine hundred pages, it gets hard to, to restructure all that. I've got about 150 uh, put together, but I, I, I got plenty of material. It's just reorganizing it and coming up with a different angle of attack, so to speak. It's going to be much more polished, so it's taking a lot more time than I would have wished for I did I, after I started getting into it I was like I can't just cut and paste and re rearrange things I got to really come up with a thread that makes this work so it's taken some time so I'm sorry on that regard um, but you know maybe it'll turn out better more events will take place I have other other issues I'm going to have to deal with but I'm gonna uh, march forward with it I'm not gonna I'm 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 gonna um, not going to put out any more projections as to when I'll get it done. When I get it done, you'll be you'll you'll all be the first to know. I'll put up the the PDFs to it, either by chapter or by uh, parts. It's, it's a four part, well, two books, four parts. You know, obviously you can figure that out. And uh, each each will probably have five or six chapters inside each part, so it's about twenty four chapter. But each chapter is going to be it's thirty to forty pages, give or take something like that and so yeah well I've uh, harassed your ears for the last uh, 46 minutes um, I do I do hope that we can manage to figure out how to get out of this I hope enough people will finally come to some conclusion um, I'm going to try to stay off Twitter. There, are some, there is some things on Twitter worth being there for, and why I say that is I'm seeing more and more people posting up long, long-form long videos, like, you know, 10, 15 minutes I saw, or 30 minutes as much. And I download those, and I'm using those. That's part of the thing, too. I want to... I'm creating on my Rumble channel. I put up the... I've been just uh, capturing those either snippets or long-form as uh, resources, you know, other people who have good opinions, uh, good thoughts, or getting to some details of, of how certain things are operating. I cite where I got my source from, and and the title is if they have a title, if it's uh, uh, doable to put it that way, or I just put it in. The reason why I want this book to be um, a, a nolly, because all those resources will be linked in the in description. I'll have the channel, and I'll. Uh, have the actual links obviously to where I'm uh, where it matters because that this is a while rumble is still free 
when I say free, um, it's not like YouTube. It's not censoring. That's a place I can upload stuff and know that it'll, you know, stick. And I'm hopeful that that'll, you know. So the whole idea is to make a resource, the book to be a resource for not only information, but information that won't disappear on you. Um, and and I let the, the work speak for itself. So, yeah, I'm like, uh, and I am trying to write in a kind of a style that I haven't written in before. So when I say style, um, just more, I want to, I'm taking this as a, towards like a, the, the masterwork of the rise and fall of the Third Reich was William L. Shire. Um, I hope I'm pronouncing it, or Shire, uh, pronouncing his name right. And he wrote a 1,200-page uh, masterpiece. I mean, in, in, in so much, there's so much detail. Now, I, you know, I don't agree with everything, uh, his politics or his viewpoints on everything, but that isn't the point. He put enormous amount of effort in pulling it together. And by politics, I'm just saying, like, you know, I can get, gather he was somewhat of a socialist in, in so much as uh, how he looks at economics, which is, that's fine, whatever. I, that's... That's not the point of this. This is a historical document. Um, he went through countless documents to do this. And I'm sure he started from 1945 because he didn't publish until 1960 uh, or 59 and 60. So 14 years for him to gather this. I'm trying to gather this in real time. Of course, the information is much more prevalent across all boards. But this is also a worldwide project. And by worldwide, I mean as much as it's U.S.-centered because of who I am and, you know, my love for the country. Uh, there's worldwide impacts that I, you know, deal with. When I say deal with, I mean, like last night I had a conversation. I talked with a person in Australia and I'm talking to a person in uh, Spain. And, you know, and there's been times when I, we've had the, the uh, another person from Canada. So... It's a worldwide conversation that, you know, I'm not, it's been, you know, we've had this ability for a long time, but it's a double, it's a different time because before, you know, you have worldwide conversations and you had, uh, you know, good things to talk about and laugh, you know, it was much more humorous. Now we're talking about serious, like, you know, how are we going to get out of this? What's the, we're aware, we're aware of all this shit and we're informing ourselves and, you know. Um, providing information to each other and trying to figure out <laughs> I mean we, we have our own survival and of course we're so far apart that it's, we're not going to be If any, once they cut the internet or turn the lights off we're all on our own but hopefully these and, and maybe that's maybe some people say well that's a bad idea you should know everybody around you and yeah uh, I agree a little bit different I'm a little if I had a huge family that's probably where I've been spending it all the time but Instead, I'm on my own, and I have to, you know, I found other people. And, and actually, both these uh, uh, people have, you know, families and, and whatnot, and, you know, but even they've had issues with their family trying to just get them to wake up to what's going on. And in their own countries, there's lots of people that are oblivious. They just, they're, they're mesmerized by the propaganda that's on TV. So, yeah. It is a worldwide phenomenon and it has impacted all of us.
um, you know, on purpose, intentionally. There was a plan behind. There was a method to the madness. Just because we don't know all the details, we can certainly tell that there's a lot of co co coordination. I mean, <laughs> the conversations keep on leaking out. They 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 want to change. I mean, like there was a uh, one of the videos I'll upload or up have uploaded. Uh, was tied to a guy who's in the World Economic Forum. He's like, yeah, you know, I think we need to provide more, you know, we have the carrot, the carrot stick approach, and we may have to apply a little bit more stick uh, to get people to change their behaviors. You see how they think of us? They think of us as slaves. They just think of us as, well, you know what, you know, maybe we just have to beat them a little harder. You know, that's the kind of mentality that's, I mean, they just sit up on the stage and they say it blithely and they know they'll never, they, they think they're untouchable, you know. They sit in their little bubble in Davos. I mean, they talk about us being bubbleized or, you know, in our little silos. No, 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 no. We're looking, a lot of us are thinking long and hard about all this stuff. They're just, they just, they just sit up there in front of their little uh, band of seals and they just say the quiet part out loud all the time, you know. This is how we're going to do blockchain. This is how we're going to do CBDC. And, you know, we need to control the currency. And, you know what? We need to, con hey, those damn, damn Netherlands farmers, damn them and their nitrogen. Screw them with their ammonia and fertilizer. We don't F, F them. That's basically what they're saying. They say it right to your face. They, but they say, but, you know, you know. You can't touch us, you know, because there's climate change. And you know what? You should love everybody. Everybody should be. Everybody should change their gender right now. Why aren't you going to our our, our uh, slice and dice meal so we can turn you into a you know, whatever? I mean, when I say whatever, because by the time they get done with you, that's what you are, a whatever. I'm not trying to be mean to the people that get uh, pulled into that, because the worst part about it is the the, the miners, obviously children that they target relentlessly these people are vermin the ones that do that which is absolutely evil because if they're starting whatever the age is you know they can only go they're just going to go they just want to market they just look at it as you know, a lifetime of your pain they don't they don't the doctors i think honestly the doctors are being uh, uh um not only obviously evil mingala evil uh, they just they see it as practice. I hate to say it. They just see it as practice for the other things they want to put inside you or take take off you and add something on to turn you into a Mr. Potato Head and uh, you know stick a neural implant in your side of your head and or uh, bionic arm or or uh, obviously oh well maybe maybe we can make you both a, a a guy and a gal you know I'm sure they're thinking that hermaphrodite you know. They'll say, "Oh wow, you know, one this week you can uh, this week you can get pregnant and have a, a kid in nine months, and you can also impregnate." Don't don't think they aren't thinking that way, because that's the way they are. I mean, they have no shame, absolutely no shame. They uh, they they don't seem to have any uh, they don't have any limit in their thinking of an imagination of how bad they can make it for everybody else and how much stress they can put on everybody else. So. We're up against it. And Independence Day should mean that we should do our damnedest to fight for every little last little bit of independence that we can get from these, out, of, out of this situation. And the only way we're going to do that, to get independence, I mean, 
I know a lot of people are like, oh, you know, just awareness, awareness, awareness. I am. I hate to say it. I hate to break the news to you. It is. It, it, it's never going to. Uh, it's never going to just be about being loud. You, you. These people have to see a mass of bodies. You have to turn them into the aggressor. You have to make them the aggressor, and by a mass of bodies, being 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 a mass of body that isn't being infiltrated and does not allow themselves to lose control. In other words, don't get spooked by, you know, agent provocateurs and anybody that does that. You you just you you got to cut them out of the the system. You say, okay, toss this person to the side, and you do it in a way that you have to maintain your cool and. The unitedness should, should be easy, but you know, uh, there's always that group that just won't, just doesn't go along with this. So I'm gonna leave it there for now. Happy Fourth of July. God bless the United States of America, and uh, God bless the world. <laughs>